This 2023-2024 NBA Coach of the Year Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win up to 100 times your money. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, October the 10th, currently 1235 on the East Coast. To continue our awards betting picks um, leading up to the season, I should say, our uh, stretch here of going through the awards markets, we've covered... Uh, most improved player of the year, six man uh, of the year as well. And today we'll get into the NBA coach of the year for the upcoming season. For joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys, you guys know the voice. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, buddy? And nothing much. Looking forward to going through another award. Should be fun. Coach of the year is one of them that every year tend to be a pretty nice price preseason. So this mm-hmm. is a pretty good spot if you want to take some long shots. We saw it last year with Mike Brown. So hopefully we can end up picking the right long shot to take in this episode. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we Scott and I covered the rookie of the year last week along with all NBA or sorry, all rookie team uh, for this upcoming season. And then Lante and Terrell did the sixth man of the year and uh, most improved player of the year. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, still plenty of time before the season does kick off for the NBA right around two weeks um, as we get to ever so closer to the NBA season. But yeah, like Scott mentioned, we'll get into NBA coach of the year for this episode. And last season, Scott, Mike Brown takes the honors of coach of the year and rightfully slow. Uh, he takes the Sacramento Kings to a record of 48 and 34 winners of the Pacific division and uh, making the, the playoffs for the first time in God, I don't even know how many years we have to go back to what the Doug Christie, Mike, Bibby. Yeah. Mike Bibby era. Yeah, so definitely deservingly so for Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings uh, last season. Um, just to kind of put into context, I'll get I'll get to this later. Um, kind of the I guess kind of criteria of what determines Coach of the Year, but the season before last, where Mike Brown in Sacramento won forty eight games. Um, the previous season, he had thirty wins, so it was an eighteen game improvement for Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings. They did obviously make the playoffs. They won the division, and the win differential from year to year was 18 wins. But, Scott, um, I guess let me go through the kind of the, what kind of I dug up over the last 10 years, the winners of these awards uh, for the coach of the year, obviously. Um, so, like I mentioned, it's usually a coach that we see a significant um, increase in regular season wins. Like I mentioned last year, Mike Brown went, took the Kings from a 30-win season to a 48-win season. And obviously, the thing that jumps off the page when you look at all the coaches that have won the award over the last 10 years, and I didn't go back further than 10 years, but obviously, number one criteria, you got to make the playoffs. So if you want to start scratching off teams that you don't think are going to make the playoffs, um, it's one of the main criterias. And also eight out of the last 10 uh, winners of this award here, Scott, have won the division. The only two um, coaches that didn't would go back to the 2021 season where Tom Thibodeau um, took the Knicks from 21 wins to 41 wins, a 20-win improvement. Uh, They did win the division, but they did make the playoffs. And then you have to go all the way back to the 2017 season for the Houston Rockets, in fact, um, Mike D'Antoni took a 41 rocket, uh, a 41 win season from the previous season to a 55 win season 
a 14 uh, game improvement for the Rockets. They did make the playoffs, but fell short uh, of the division to the sac- sorry to the San Antonio Spurs. So it's usually the neighborhood of anywhere from double digit win improvement from year over year, and obviously making the playoffs and. I think it's bonus points as well if you do win the division here, Scott. So um, that's kind of the parameters of what I've kind of dug up for the past 10 winners of this award. Well, that makes it interesting because I feel like you can call this the most improved team award because it really just comes down to if your team's going to be a lot better in the following year after missing the playoffs the year prior. That's how I went about it. So I did try to find some long shots for teams that were – out of the playoff picture last year that you think are going to make a certain leap. Some of the picks I might give out might sound like extreme long shots that have no chance of cashing. But once Mm -hmm. again, I do think the price itself has some merit. If you do think there is a world, maybe in a weak division, for example, where one team can pull off a Cinderella run in order to win the division or even make the playoffs. So I am going to be picking a decent amount of teams or coaches of teams that missed the playoffs last year, because I do feel like the odds of them winning the award are a lot higher than the odds of other coaches winning the award. If you want to cross some names off right now, we can, because there's a couple of coaches that have no chance of winning. Yeah, so I guess we can work our way from the longer shots that we don't think are going to win, and then we'll get to the the, the cream uh, at the top, the ones that are the favorites. So I think, number one, we cross off Chauncey Billups off the list at 55-1. to one. Yep. They're going to be uh, Yeah. Um, Billy Donovan at 50-1 to one with the Bulls. I think he's getting fired midseason, but yeah. we'll see what happens. And then we have Wes Unsell Jr. at 60 to 1 for the Orlando Magic. That one maybe That's for the Wizards. I thought. I'm sorry, the Wizards. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. The Wizards. Uh I think I would cross them off the list as well. They blew up the roster. Uh, we're yeah. gonna see how pool and everybody look, but they're probably gonna win mid twenties. So mm-hmm. I don't or maybe high twenties, so no. They're not. He's not going to win it. Will Hardy uh, last season was creeping up as one of the favorites just because of the start that the Utah Jazz got off to last season. But he is currently forty-five to one. I don't Thoughts think so. That? Yeah, uh, okay. Utah. I don't think he's going to make the playoffs. So I'm out. Darko Rajkovic. I'm probably butchering that name at forty-five to one. I actually have him on my list. Okay. Uh, I think it's a pretty good spot. If you want to make an argument for Toronto to be a team that can surprise some they had a down year last year the roster still has talent now they lost van vliet they picked up schroeder i've never been a van vliet guy so i don't really mind losing Mm -hmm. him now the argument is toronto might not be good enough to actually get a high seed but if toronto gets a six seed uh, we know philly right now has having some issues with harden and that distraction itself boston's going to win that division but the Nets aren't supposed to be that yeah. good. The Knicks might be fine, but I think when you're looking at the Raptors winning 41 games, it might be a spot where he could actually win the award despite a minimal win increase because mm-hmm. they missed the playoffs last year. If they end up going from the play-in and losing in the first play-in game to the sixth seed, I think he's in consideration, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this Toronto team, they definitely have the potential of winning 50 games. I mean, even without Fred Van Vliet and some if of the everything goes moves. right, maybe. I think their ceiling's more along the lines of like 45, 46, but sure. still. Yeah, and I think that last season, I think the improvement that needs to be made for the Toronto Raptors, well, especially has been uh, not only on the road, but within the division as well, because last season, 14 and 27 on the road, 4 and uh, 12 within the division there, so... Um, and they still ended up with a 41 and 41 record. So, yeah, I can't argue against that, especially at a price of what 45 to one right now. Uh, currently, I see over on DraftKings again, definitely shop around, get the best number at 45 to one uh, for uh, the Raptors head coach. Next couple of names on the list here at 40 to one here, Scott. So, we got Monty Williams of the Pistons at 40 to one. I'm gonna go and cross him off my list because he just won it with the with the Suns. Suns in 2022, two seasons okay. ago. I guess you can keep reading off the names and I'll let you know if I have any of them. Okay. And then Steve Clifford, 40 to 1, Hornets, and then Emi Yudoka at 40 to 1. So those All right. Are the so do you want to make a case for your team? I think for this Rockets team, I don't know what the ceiling is for this team. Um, obviously, they come in with a win total of what I think was what 31 and a half for this team, if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, last season, obviously one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the entire association at 22 and 60, right? They were down there with the Spurs tied at having the worst record. It can is 31 and a half, by the way. Yeah. So can I see a world now they're only impro- uh, expecting a, what, nine and a half right, 10 game improvement for this team, give or take. Um, the West is so tough, though. You said they have That's, to make the playoffs. That's kind of the problem. I gravitate yeah. more to East to Eastern Conference teams because of it. Yeah, I think that they'll compete or they'll be in the conversation to get into the play in tournament. Um, but I think this Rockets team, that's something we probably want to keep an eye on, is going to be very early in the season within those first 10 to games, first 10 games to see how they look. Because there is a nice, nice mix of veterans with the young talent that the Rockets team has. I know we already talked about that when we did the uh, you know, win totals, but I think that I don't if do I if, do I think they make the playoffs? No. I think they're maybe a year or two away from getting into the play in tournament and possibly getting in as a seventh or eighth seed. So I I'm intrigued by Emilio Doka just because number one, he's a new hire as well. But I just don't think that he's gonna get there at 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 40 to one or this team is gonna make the playoffs. So I want to ask you with Udoka as well. Yeah. Based on how the situation ended in Boston with all of the personal drama surrounding it and the lack of proper professional conduct, are people just not going to vote for him? I think it's still maybe a little bit fresh um, in the minds of what happened. I mean, I think that... I feel like voters might go out of their way to not vote for him because of what happened in Boston. Something like a similar, like this, comparing this to the NFL, and by no means is the MVP, but if Deshaun Watson was playing at a very high level, like you no, know, nobody's like, going to vote for him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's something. Le- I mean, maybe not as extreme for Deshaun Watson, but I think there's some type of degree for Amy Udoka where some of the voters would be like, okay, you know, whatever ha- transpired in Boston, I don't think that he should be deserving of this award just yet. So I think it's still a little bit fresh. So. Continuing on the list here, we'll go to your team, Jock Vaughn, 28 to 1. Well, I do want to actually go back to that previous uh, seg- segment because you were yeah. mentioning a couple of coaches. I actually did include Monty Williams on okay. this list. Uh, right. You said the price was around 40 to 1, correct? 40 to 1, yeah. I said I was going to take a decent amount of long shots, and I think it's a decent shot here with Detroit. Detroit only won 17 games last year. Yeah. And I said before the division, you tend to gravitate more towards weak divisions. This is not one of them. Because mm-hmm. Milwaukee's supposed to be really good and Cleveland's supposed to be solid. We'll see what happens with Mitchell, because I know he's not going to be happy. Maybe Cleveland trades him if they think he's not going to be able to yeah. resign during the offseason. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But the Bulls we don't really like. The Pacers remain to be seen. I do think Detroit is interesting because I do think with Cade barely playing last year, this team has a shot to maybe make the play in. I'm not sure how likely yeah. it is. I know we like the over for their win total. It was pretty low. Mm-hmm. Is it realistic? No. But in Coach of the Year, I'm going to take some long shots. You mentioned Monty Williams winning the award already. I think that matters if you're in the same exact situation that you were in a couple years ago. He's taking over a new dumpster fire organization. Yeah. So I don't know if it actually matters if he won the award or not because he's in a totally new environment and he's inheriting a really bad team on paper in the standings. But Cade barely played. If he stays healthy, we'll see what happens. Detroit has talent. It's not like they're a really bad roster. They were just without their best player for the entire season, basically. I think Detroit's interesting. I think they're probably going to fall short, if I had to guess. I think they'll probably finish in the low 30s for wins. But if you're asking me, do I think a jump from, let's just say, 17 wins to 41, and they lose in the play-in, they don't even make the playoffs. If they lose in the play-in, do mm-hmm. I think he can do enough to win this award? I think if he goes up 20 wins, he's in the conversation. So my question, uh, I was going to say, does being in the play-in tournament bracket qualify being in the playoffs? Or is it one through eight, you're in the playoffs? It's one through eight, but the point is, since okay. they did win 17 games last year, yeah. there is a middle ground of drastic improvement while not sure. actually making the playoffs. And mm-hmm. since the play-in does include the 10th seed and the 9th seed, mm-hmm. I think if Detroit would get near that spot, I'm not sure he'd win the award, but I think there's consideration to be had. Once again, it might be a donation, but 35-1 to 1 for a non-playoff team from last year 
17 wins with upside and Cade being healthy, there are worse long shots to take. I think, yeah, I think it's something similar where when Tom Thibodeau won uh, with the Knicks a few seasons ago where he took a 21-win team to a 41-win team. I think they got in as, I think, the 6th or 7th seed that year, um, and he took home the award. So I think that's something similar that you may be able to see. that year because they hosted the playoff series against Atlanta. I think they were the Uh, 4th. Let me see what year that was. I think it was, what, 2019? But you mean Thibodeau Uh, with the next one in the award? Yeah, when uh, Thibodeau won Coach of the Year with the Knicks. They went 41-31, and 31, but that was a shortened season. But that's why they had 41 wins, because it, they were missing 11 games from the schedule. But I'm pretty sure the Knicks were a three seed. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, they were a four seed. Four. Um, they were four, because they were against Atlanta in the yeah, first round. Yeah, uh, Philly, uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and then New York, and then Atlanta. Yeah. That's kind of the problem. Um, yeah, when we you, talk about the East, I mean, last season, even if, I think if you get into the realm of like 40, yeah. I, I was going to say, Go that's ahead. kind of the problem. You tend to need to host playoff series in order to actually get the award. Usually the award goes to anybody from the one seed to the four seed. So Monty, once again, might be a donation. But mm-hmm. since the win total is that yeah. low from last year, you can make an argument that any sign of monumental improvement win-wise a play-in loss maybe is good enough in that case because if you go from 17 wins to like 38 and you're losing the play-in, that's a massive jump. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, before we continue on this list here, Scott, let me tell everyone about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines research every nfl nba mlb and soccer bet with the circle stats and data enter any parlay idea into hall of fame bets revenue revolutionary par- parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay sort all players by hit rate and for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks actually have value stop betting in the dark and join over thirty thousand users researching with hall of fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, Scott, some of the next names on this list. We'll go over to a criteria, a bracket, I should say, of two coaches that are at 28 to 1. That's Chris Finch and of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Jock Vaughn, 28 to 1 of your Brooklyn. Lynette's any thoughts on either of those two so Vaughn's got no chance because the team made the playoffs last year they're not going to be better so he's got no chance Vaughn's a donation Uh, no way I'm betting on him Finch is interesting because they made the playoffs last year which actually works against him in this case having said that I do wonder if they would jump Mm -hmm. from let's just say the eight or nine seed all the way to or uh, were they the seven last year I'm trying to remember where they were uh, let me see. I, I'll pull it up here because my they were against the Lakers in L.A. So I think they were the eight seed, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were. Yeah, because the they were. Uh, yeah. OK. Yeah. So, the, um, yeah. Eight. OK. So they were the eight last year. If they go from eight to five, is that good enough? Probably not in the Western Conference. <sighs> How many wins did they have last year? Uh, so last year, the Timberwolves won 42 games. They went 42 and 40. See, I, I think in the in the West, like if they get fifty plus wins, you would you would think they win the division, don't you? Well, fifty plus wins means they're probably going to be a top four seed. So yes, I, I assume they, they win the yeah. division. If they win the division, because, they're getting this. But I'm not picking them to win yeah. the division. I actually I, I do have Chris Finch on my list just because we look at last year, number one, with Cat missing so much time. And them trying to figure out how they're going to play with Cat and uh, Rudy Gobert on the floor at the same time. Like they didn't have enough actual time on the court because of the injury to Carl Anthony Towns. And now you had a full off season for Coach Finch to figure that out. We also think that Anthony Edwards takes a a, a step forward. You brought in Mike Connolly. I know that he is 
at the twilight years of his career, but I think that's a point guard in that system that will definitely benefit of helping run the offense uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I think, and I think we're, we were in agreement that Denver does take a step back. I think Minnesota is intriguing for me, for them to get 50 plus wins. And, and I mean, we've seen crazier things happen about them winning this division. So I do like Chris Finch at 28 to one. That was one of the names that I did have on my list. I think he was my one of my honorable mentions where I didn't end up going to the window with him, but he was on the final cut list. I think he uh, ended up getting cut at the second cut. But I think the problem I also ran into with Finch, not just the fact they made the playoffs last year, which might work against him. Does it work against him how much money they're paying the overall roster? I don't think so. I mean, because there's a lot of talent on paper on that team. So I know Cat barely played last year. Gobert might not be the player he used to be, but he's getting paid a bunch of money. Edwards is viewed as being a future superstar. There's a lot of money and a lot of talent on that team. So I do wonder if they're going to look at Finch as being a good coach or if they're just going to say, well, he has talent on his team. He just did what he was supposed to do. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I, I think I think if this team gets off – to a, a, a another kind of going back to what we talked about the Rockets, they get off to a good start. I think Minnesota definitely obviously is going to make the playoffs just because the talent is there on the roster. Mm. This might be a good bet to make before the season starts with Chris Finch uh, at 28 to one. But I, I think I'm, I'm higher on Minnesota this year than I was last year um, just because it gives them, like I mentioned, the offseason to figure things out offensively. And again, the health was an issue with this team last year as well. So, uh, yeah, Chris Finch, I, I'm definitely putting some dollars on for sure. Next bracket here, Scott, we have five coaches that are sitting at 25 to 1. And um, I'll quickly rattle off the names and if you have any of these guys on your list. So Thibodeau, 25 to 1. Willie Green, 25 to 1. Uh, Jamal Mosley, 25 to 1. Mike Brown, 25 to 1. And Rick Carlisle at 25 to 1. I think we crossed Mike Brown off the list there for sure. And you have those other four that intrigue you. So Mike Brown should be like 100 to 1. Yeah. There's no way in hell he's winning back-to-back Coach of the Year awards. Right. I'm not sure this ever happened before. I don't, I don't think, think so. a coach has won back-to-back Coach of the Year awards. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I don't think that's ever happened, even dating back to... I'll look it up. I mean, dating back to 1962 when the awards started, I don't believe a, a coach has ever won back-to-back Coach of the Years. So he should be like 100 to 1. Uh, for the sake of that bracket or that tier list, I am actually going to go with uh, Mosley at 25 to 1. I think that he's got value there. I think that Orlando's a team that's intriguing. I might have been a bit lower on them when we did our overall division breakdown, but the argument is obviously there. Orlando is a team that is quite intriguing as a young roster that can blossom together. Their win total is a 36 and a half. We know Boncaro's really good. We know Wagner's been really good. They do have a log jam at the point guard position, which could be a problem, or I should say the guard position in general. But you're looking at Orlando. They did win 34 games. And if my argument for Detroit was going to be if they can make it interesting and maybe be a fringe playoff team, or maybe they can find a groove and maybe shock some people, if Orlando won 44 games, I would not be shocked. Like, I think that there's talent on this roster, and I do think that this team showed a lot of great signs post-All-Star break last year. They missed the playoffs because they started the year horribly. They were really good mm-hmm. in the last couple months. I like Mosley a lot at 25-1. to 1. I think he has value. I'll go with him. Yeah, and I think we also did like the over on their win total uh, for this upcoming season for this Orlando Magic team. And again, talent is definitely there on this team. Um and again, when we talk about the East, it's it's top heavy when we talk about teams like Boston and Milwaukee. But after that, when you kind of get into that that range of like the th- four seed to like the six to seven, eight seed, like I think 44 wins definitely gets it done for you to be a five or six seed and avoid that play in tournament bracket. So, yeah, I, I don't hate this one as well. Um, uh, yeah, I'm with you on this here as well. Any other names in this 25 to one bracket? I'm trying to remember the other names you said. You said Mike uh, Brown. We tossed down the garbage. Thibodeau, I have no interest in. Willie Green for the Pelicans. I I tried Willie Green last year, man. I don't yeah, think I have the strength to do it again. We're on the same boat. <laughs> I don't have the strength to do it again, but it comes down to if Zion's healthy. 
That's really it, yeah. because the Pelicans check every box every year for a coach of the year candidate because they miss the playoffs and you look at the team and you go, if they're healthy, they could win 48 games, but they're never healthy and it's a pain in the ass. So I'm not going to bother with Willie Green because I don't trust Zion to stay healthy. If I yeah. knew Zion was playing a minimum of 65 games, I would slam the Willie Green line because I think there's value. I can't do it. I've I've been burned by them already. I can't do it again. Yeah, we also take a look at the division. It's it's a little more wide open uh, than I guess we can assume because we know at least the Rockets and the Spurs more than likely are not going to win the division. And Dallas, I take a step back. Yeah, defensively, Dallas is not going to be very good when you have Luca and Kyrie as your back uh, backcourt, and then it's Memphis who's going to be missing Jaw for what uh, a couple of months there. Um, well, the suspension was shorter than we thought, but he's still going to be missing some time. Yeah, and then the Pelicans um, are right there. If again, assuming health, did you go back um, to it? I, I I couldn't do it after last year, but if you yeah. do, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, I I think this might be one of the ones where it's probably a lower unit bet, but with the Pelicans, yeah, it feels like it's like something similar to Minnesota, right? Like. Last season, Cat was injured for a lot of the season. Zion pretty much missed the, the huge bulk of the season. But you also have injury-prone players outside of, like, Zion, right? We talk about, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram, who always sometimes has, like, an ankle or shoulder issue. CJ with a wrist or a knee issue. So, and again, I, I, I know I, I am going to put something down because I am intrigued because I feel like the Pelicans are a team that can win healthy, can definitely win 50 plus games in the Western they, Conference. They are so good when Zion plays. Yeah. They're yeah. such a good team. When they are. Even Trey Murphy turned out to be a really solid player. Like they got a lot of talent on the roster. I just got burned too many times. I, I, I can't, but I understand the argument. Uh, does Rick Carlisle tickle you at all? Uh, I think Indiana can be decent if Halliburton's fully healthy because that's when their season fell apart. He got mm-hmm. injured and the team didn't really play well after that. Buddy Heald's still there with Miles Turner. I don't think either of them should still be there, but they are. Indiana's a team that doesn't guard anybody and they score a bunch of points. But do I think Indiana's going to make the playoffs? Probably not. I think you can make an argument if you think Indiana can sneak its way through, kind of like my Detroit long shot which I'm kind of more skeptical on as we're naming off some of these other coaches. But the argument is if they were a bad team last year and the East is more open than the West and you could sneak in there, is there a possibility they give it to a guy like Carlisle because the Pacers have been kind of a dumpster fire for the last couple of years? Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I don't think he's going to make the playoffs. But then again, I don't think think Detroit's going to make the playoffs either, but I'm taking a flyer on them. So, yeah, I I guess I'm – going to pass on Carlisle, but if you want to throw in a small unit bet, I can understand where your mindset is. Yeah, I think they're definitely not going to win the division here, obviously with Milwaukee and Cleveland in that central division with them. Um, they could possibly be a play-in tournament team. I can't argue against that. Um, but again, it's the fact that they still won 35 games last year, and I think they would have mm-hmm. to have an improvement of at least 10 games at 45, which probably gets into that range of that four, five, six seed uh, in the Eastern conference. So that one was on my, on my list, or like you mentioned, the honorable mention, but I just couldn't get there where it went with uh, coach Carlisle there. Um, Scott, before we get over to um, um, more of the names on this coach of the year list. Let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced scorchers. Go five for five and pick them scorchers. Enjoy a spicy hundred X payout. And for a limited time, underdog is extending the first deposit bonus of up to $500 plus hundred thousand dollars. Sundays continue on underdog fantasy. 10 lucky players will win 10 thousand each so watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on underdog's mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com and when you sign up with promo code sgpn underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 dollars. again that's underdog fantasy using promo code sgpn all right uh so we went through the names there on the 25 to 1 bracket let's get uh three names here at 22 to 1 here scott so we have tyron lu 
Ty Lue, 22 to 1, Steve Kerr, 22 to 1, and Darvin Ham, 22 to 1. Western Conference coaches here with the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Okay, so even though the Lakers were a seven seed, they better not give this award to Darvin Ham. Like that, that, that would be an insane <laughs> uh, award to give him with the roster they have. You can make an argument going into the year that they're one of the title favorites. So he should not win this yeah. award by any means. Steve Kerr is interesting. If you do think that this team can, in theory, get the one seed, I don't think they're going to. So I'm not interested in Steve Kerr either. And the last name you said was Ty Lu. No chance they bench all their starters all the time. So no chance. No, I'm not interested in any of those guys. Yeah, they're all in the same division there as well. Uh, when we talk about those three Pacific Division teams, I uh, I didn't. I think that if any if any of these teams or players end up as the number one seed, I think you would more than likely have an MVP coming out of those teams rather than a coach of the year. Yeah, I think that the only one that has an argument out of those three would in theory be Darvin Ham because they were the seven seed last year. Yeah. But I don't really care. You know, like you gotta at least read the room on preseason expectations. The Lakers are expected to win close to fifty games. Right. So with those expectations, I don't know if that's coaching. You just have a really good roster on paper. Yeah. And I think that yeah, yeah. If they end up as a number one seed, let's say fifty Three wins. 15, they made now, the Western was, Conference Finals last year. Like, it's not even yeah. a sign of improvement. That just means right. their team is going to continue what it did from the second half of last year. Yeah. So I think then either LeBron or Anthony Davis would be in that conversation for MVP, and that coach of the year would probably not be there. All right. So let's get over to the next bracket here. We have, um, let's see. So those are 22 to ones. Uh, two coaches at around 18 and 19 to one. Quinn Snyder of the Atlanta Hawks, and then Jason Kidd, 19 to one. I crossed Jason Kidd off my list. So I included Kid on my list solely because I found an offshore book that has him a 35 to 1. Okay. So I just took it solely for the line differential. And the argument is, even though this team's not going to guard anybody, Dallas does check a lot of boxes for a team that would feature a coach of the year winner if this team can find a way to make it to like the six seed. They missed the playoffs last year. They yeah. still have Luka. They still have Kyrie. I still don't that trust the backcourt combination. <laughs> But if this team in the Western Conference can somehow get to 45 wins and maybe make it to a six seed, I think Kid's going to be in consideration. Do I think Kid's a good coach? Absolutely not. I think he's a bad basketball coach. Having said mm -hmm. that, it really comes down to improvement over last year. They missed the playoffs last year. Now they have a full offseason of Kyrie and Luka together, at least before Kyrie, I'm sure, creates a serious distraction during the course of the season. But mm -hmm. anytime you have a top five, top 10 player in the league and a separate top 20 talent in the league and you merge both them together, it wouldn't totally shock me if this team found a way to win more games than expected. So I included Jason Kidd solely because I found a 35 to one offshore, but I think okay. he's a bad basketball coach. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault you at 35 to 1 when, you know, and that's why we say shop around uh, and get the best price because there's a lot of misprices, especially uh, before the season starts here um, on any of like these. New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans yeah. has the more, has the better all around Balanced roster, but roster, the argument yeah. is they're a fringe playoff team mm -hmm. that, if they stay healthy, can check a lot of these boxes. And I'm getting 35 to 1. Okay. Um, all right. Um, what else? What other name did I say? Quinn Snyder, Atlanta Hawks intrigue you? I think it's intriguing because I think that you make an argument. The East is weak. And if you are interested in open divisions, Atlanta might play in the most open division in the entire league because oh, yeah. Miami, I don't think is very good. It yeah. was based in the regular season. Atlanta went 41 and 41. They only finished three games back of Miami. Mm -hmm. Orlando, I think has a good chance to win the division, but we think Charlotte's going to be iffy because their roster is very immature, and now Kai Jones wants to be traded as another example of that. The Wizards aren't supposed to be any good. Mm -hmm. Miami, we think, is going to take a step back because they did nothing during the offseason besides lose Struess and Vincent. We think Atlanta, in theory, can win like 48 games. They could win 50 because this division's not any good. I think Snyder's interesting. I ended up not picking him, but you can persuade me as well. So I think Snyder's worth talking about. I decided not to, but I can understand it. Did you make a case for Snyder? I, I, and it's for exactly the same points that you did bring up, right? Like, I think that when Snyder took over as a coach last year for this Hawks team, like they were playing better basketball. And I know, 
Yeah. And last season, uh, Trey Young was dealing with that shoulder issue and wasn't very efficient from, you know, at least a three point line last year. And maybe that's something that he's worked out. Um, DeJounte Murray, another year in this Hawks system or a new system, especially with uh, Coach uh, Snyder there. Um, I think Atlanta is probably one of the more intriguing teams coming into this season because, like you mentioned, there's a world where we can see this team win 45, 48 games this upcoming season, or they can be in that realm of where they were last year, winning 41 games or 40 games and getting into the play in tournament bracket and trying to make the playoffs that way. So, and again, I do trust Quinn Snyder more than I did Nate McMillan last year for this Atlanta Hawks team, because again, there was just a lot of turmoil going on, whether it was between Trey young and coach McMillan or whatever the case might be. So um, I, I, I did include uh Quinn Snyder um, to put uh, something down on for sure. Getting kind of over to the top of the list here, Scott, we have the next two names, Taylor Jenkins of the uh, sorry Memphis Grizzlies at 14 to 1, and Cleveland Cavaliers head coach uh, J.B. Bickerstaff at 16 to 1. I crossed off uh, Bickerstaff immediately, or not immediately, but he didn't make my list just because last season, 51 win team for the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. And if they do get off to a slow start, like you mentioned, I think the in-game for a guy like Donovan Mitchell is wanting to end up in New York or another team. Um, so I, I took uh, Quinn. St- uh, sorry, I took JB Pickerstaff off of my list. I took both of them off my list. Uh, Bickerstaff, I don't think is going to win because you said before they won 50 plus games last year. So yeah. there's not going to be any improvement. And as for the other name, I'm trying to remember who you just Taylor said. Jenkins. I'm Memphis. You can make an argument if they're able to be really good without Ja, then maybe he'll put himself in the front of the list early. But mm-hmm. they lost Tyus Jones. I'm not a Marcus Smart guy, and I don't think that Memphis. Once again, they won a lot of games last year too. 51, so yeah. I'm not picking them to have an improvement either. So I thought both of them should. Their odds should be a lot higher because I don't think any of them have a shot to win it. All right, next two names on the list uh, uh, that have odds of greater than ten to one. Nick Nurse for the Sixers, 10 to 1, and then Frank Vogel of the Suns, 13 to 1. Nurse, you can uh, you can talk about because if the hardened distraction is real and all, then you know, maybe they're giving props for circumventing that and for keeping the team afloat. He's not gonna win it, but that's the no. argument you could make. But no, I'm crossing off uh Nurse. Vogel's got no chance. Yeah. Because he's not getting any of the credit, no matter what happens, because they yeah. have Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. And Devin Book. Right. So no matter how good this team is, at no point are people going to look at the roster and go, damn, Frank Vogel did a good job overachieving with this team. But like, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So Vogel's got no chance. So no, I have no interest in these two guys. Yes. Suns uh, won 45 games last year. And if we're expecting them to be low 50s, that's only a six-game improvement, especially with the talent that they do have on the Even roster. Even if they're like high 50s, yeah. they're going to give all the credit to the big three they have on the team. Vogel's not getting any credit for this. Yeah, I think the only award that would go if like they won 55 games, they ended up in a probably executive of the year. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for the front office there, for putting that roster together. Um, Nick Nurse, I don't think I'm with you. Nick Nurse probably gets crossed off as well, just because Sixers ended up winning 54 games last year. Um, he would have to get into the realm of like 60 plus wins. The interesting part here, Scott, is when I was compiling that list of what I talked about. Uh, at the top of the show, uh, Nick Nurse was the one coach in 2020 that when I think this was a shortened season, if I'm not mistaken, but he had 58 wins to the Raptors the previous season, and they went, ended up with 53 wins the following year. But I think that was a shortened season um, for um, Nick Nurse and the Raptors. All right, so let's get to the top of the list here, Scott. Uh, we have five coaches that have odds of less than 10 to 1. I think we could probably cross off two names off of this list right off the bat. Or maybe Mike Malone, nine to one. That should be like a hundred to one. Yeah. Just because same exact reason that I said for not giving it to Vogel. It's Jokic's yeah. team. He's the best player in the league. So he's yeah. not going to get any credit for it. And then I think the other name we could possibly cross off the list as well, just because we don't think they're a great regular season team is Eric Spolstra at eight to one, who's probably one of the best coaches in the entire league. I'm sorry. What What odds did you say there? Eight to one. I found an eighteen to one. It should be like fifty to one because yeah. the Heat don't care about the regular season. So no. Okay. And then the three names that are left here, we go Joe Mazzula at plus eight fifty. 
Paulson was too good last year. How is he supposed to win the award? Yeah, and then the last two names: the new head coach for the Bucks, Adrian Griffin, seven seven to one, and then Mark Dagnall at plus six fifty is the odds-on favorite. So the two favorites: uh, Thunder head coach Mark Dagnall plus six fifty, and then Adrian Griffin of the Bucks, seven to one. Just to be clear, the Bucks were the one seed last year, right? Yes, they were. They won fifty-eight games last year. So how the hell is he supposed to win the? And again, the- it's something similar to what Frank Vogel is, right? Thirteen. I mean, it's thirteen to one, but it's just based off of the roster against. So, if the Bucks go in next season, winning another fifty-eight, sixty wins, you're looking at the roster that was of Damian Lillard, of Giannis, and Giannis will probably, if they get sixty wins, I think Giannis wins MVP. Eight to one is ridiculous. That that really, once again, should be another thirty to one shot because I don't think he's going to get any credit. I think that's another executive of the year award if yeah. they end up winning 60 games. Yeah. There's no improvement from last year. They were the one seed. Any improvement would be in the playoffs, and it's a regular season award. So yeah. those that might be the worst odds of any coach we talked about. I don't understand that odds at all because he was the one they were the one seed last year. It's impossible yeah. to improve in the Eastern Conference from that. And then we got Dagnall, who is the favorite that I have to bet. Yeah, this is like the 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 vibes of like the Willie Green that we bet last season and then like of Mike Brown who won it last season because Except like this roster unlike yeah. Willie Green's team. Yeah, it's because like this team has like the most upside of like we can see them winning 50 plus games this upcoming season. I think Oklahoma City's a slam dunk play. They check every box. They missed the playoffs last year. We saw how good they can be. Chet's healthy now. This team's projected to win basically 50 games. They have a bunch of draft picks so they can trade for somebody at the trade deadline if needed. Yeah, I think Dagnall's also a fantastic basketball coach. Mm-hmm. I've been so high on him for so long, even when they were bad. Just by watching the games, you can tell that he got the most and then some out of some really bad rosters. I think Dagnall's great. So I think that he has to be a bet that everyone makes. I know he's the favorite. And that's going to scare people off in what is usually a very open award race. That's why we ended up each picking about five guys each. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, eight to one, hell yeah, I'm going to sign up for that. Because OKC, th- they can win 50. This team is really, really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think maybe the only, not really argument, but the conversation maybe need to have is that if this team does win 50 plus games, you had an, another outstanding season from SGA, but I don't think that he would win the MVP just because he's in a small market. Yeah, you have. But that, again, uh, might miss Kevin Durant wanted too. as you well. Still have, you still have Giddy. Well, that yeah. was a bit. That was a bit different with OKC because you had Durant and Westbrook and Harden, and they were the next up and coming team. Yeah. And it felt like people had already started to pay attention to them. Mm. Do you think people are fully paying attention to OKC yet? No, I, I don't think so. I still I feel like the casual NBA fan thinks like this Thunder team is going to be the Thunder team they've seen over the past several years. From what I remember with Durant and Westbrook and company, they were always on TV. It felt like they played yeah. a lot of games on television because Durant was the seven foot tall shooting guard and mm-hmm. Westbrook was an athletic freak. The Thunder should be on TV a lot, but they haven't been the last couple of years. So I still think they're flying a bit under the radar. Yeah, not for the true so. basketball fans, but for the public. Yeah, I don't think most people think about OKC. They yeah. just think about Presti uh, with his seven thousand draft picks. <laughs> yeah, I think that you have to put uh, again. Definitely shop around for the best number uh, for Mark Dagnall to win the Coach of the Year. It's anywhere ranging from plus six fifty all the way up to eight to ones, eight twenty five, eight fifties as well. So I'd again, when it. we talk. You get, a, you get a boost at a sports book. Maybe they'll give you 50% on something. 100 yeah. bucks to win like 1200 Sure, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much we went through the entire list here, Scott. Um, so do we want to give like, what, three coaches that we are definitely uh, putting money down on for this upcoming season to win NBA Coach of the Year? Sure, but before we do that, I do yeah. think after going through all the names with you, mm-hmm. I think I might have to change my mind about Monty Williams. Okay. I just don't think they're going to win enough games. I think they're going to improve. So I'm not saying right now that I wasted everybody's time earlier by talking about Monty Williams, but I don't think Detroit's going to get the 41 wins. 
So I think I'm going to have to go elsewhere with Monty. I wanted to make a case, but I don't think I can. I think I'm going to divide up whatever I was going to spend on Monty, and I'll throw it in the midst of Finch and Snyder. Snyder's really growing on me because that division is is supposed to be really, really bad. Yeah. And you said before, I forgot the exact number. You said eight of ten have won the division? Eight of the last ten have won the division, yeah. So that really checks a, a box that's a pretty significant one for Snyder. I think I'll take my Monty argument and move it towards Snyder. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So I think we're both in agreement, obviously, about the uh, odds on favorite and Mark Dagnall. I think that's. I, ha- I have to. Yeah. Like, you have to. Yeah. Um, you mentioned I, yeah, I'm, I'm Chris Finch is on my list at 28 to 1. Um, and then I think that. Just because, like we mentioned with Quinn Snyder and the division being wide open and the potential of this team that can win 50 games after winning 41 last year uh, and all the turmoil that they had in the locker room and Trey's health and all that stuff, I think that... John Collins no longer being there as a distraction. Exactly. Now, I think the only downfall might be that they did win or did make the playoffs last season and they pushed the Boston Celtics uh to what was it six or seven games six, six games for sure six. last year yeah. yeah so um yeah Dagnall plus 650 Qu- Quinn Snyder at 18 to 1 Chris Finch at 28 to 1 are the three names uh that I am definitely uh gonna have some money on and I'm probably gonna end up putting something on Willie Green just because I'll have FOMO if I don't so I'll give you there four all right. Uh, I think my argument, though, for the Pelicans against Willie Green would be if they do make the playoffs, Zion's just going to win comeback player of the year, and that's going to be it. Yeah. Which would be my or argument. Most improved, right? I don't think he'd be most improved because he's a monster when he plays. So that's why I said comeback player because he's not improving. He's just actually on the court. But I, I get, don't know. But I we saw like John Moran win it that year <laughs> where he went. Yeah, that, from I like, mean, yeah. That, I mean, he, he still at least bumped his points up like six per game. Zion would just have yeah. the same numbers just for a larger yeah, sample size. But yeah. I think for my main three, uh, I got to go with Dagnalt because I think Oklahoma City is going to be really good. I just yeah. have to do it. And I do think the other two I'm going to mention are actually in the same division. So there's going to be some clash. I got to go Quinn Snyder at 22 to 1. Because the winning okay. the division will be massive for him. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great price. And my other one's in the same division. Give me Mosley for the Magic, which I think is I also like a very good price. Mm-hmm. Mosley is at around, let me just check offshore quickly. Uh, Mosley. So this is where it's interesting because BetMGM has Mosley at 22 to 1. I forgot what you said he was mm-hmm. on DraftKings. You said it was 30 to 1, I think. Uh, Mosley on DraftKings, 25 to 1. Okay, so tw- he's twenty-five to one on DraftKings. The same offshore book that has Jason Kidd at thirty-five to one has Mosley as the second favorite at nine to one. <laughs> Which I find once again these odds are all over the place, but the fact that the odds are different yeah. are separated by about sixteen dollars from twenty-five to one to nine dollars, the plus nine hundred. I got to take Mosley yeah. because once again mm-hmm. we are both so low on Miami. I think Miami might miss the playoffs. It would not shock me if they did, which sounds insane. But when you think about how often these guys get injured and how little Miami cares about the regular season, there's a serious window that's open for a surprise team to win that division. With Miami not doing anything in the offseason, putting all their eggs in the Lillard basket, I do think that Atlanta or Orlando could win this division, which would also involve winning 45 plus games. And I think Mosley at 25 to 1 is a very good deal for a team with upside, a team that has not made the playoffs in a while, and for a team that was really good in the second half of the season last year. If that carries over, watch out. So I like Mosley at 25 to 1. Yeah, I, I can't argue against that. Um, I was just looking at another book here. They, their prices are kind of all over the place here as well. At least I saw nine to one on Mosley, um, and I'm like, all right. I mean, it makes sense, but that's kind of crazy. Yeah, a Fanduel has Mosley. I mean, it's not a huge difference at twenty two to one. Okay, but they that, have that Chris the same. Chris Finch. They have Fanduel at twenty to one, but uh, DraftKings at twenty eight to one. Okay. And then the biggest Willie differential Green, is Jason Kidd. I mean, Kidd was at 35 to 1 offshore. I might take a flyer on that one. What did I say he was at DraftKings? 19 to 1 FanDuel. 
Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. he's at fifteen to one on DraftKings. Oh, sorry, on uh, Fanduel. But yeah, again, I'm getting, like, this I'm why is important. Two to getting... times the value offshore by taking Jason Kidd. Yeah, like, that's that's just worth it. Yeah, regardless of the fact, I think Kidd's a bad coach. Well, on offshore, where do they have Mark Dagnall at? Dagnall's still the favorite at eight to one. Eight to one. Yep. Okay. Uh, FanDuel has it at uh, plus seven fifty, uh, so about a dollar more value there um, over on FanDuel compared to DraftKings. But again, it's a good reminder. Again, if you're gonna bet these award markets or um, futures, you got to find the best prices right in front of you. We gave multiple examples of prices being all over the place um, for not only Coach of the Year but also all the other awards, uh, not only in the NBA but. Uh, NHL, NFL, MLB when the season does start. So again, do do your due diligence and shop around for the best number. It also works against you in some cases, though, because now I have to put some money on Jason Kidd, which yeah, is going to come true. back and be really annoying. But when you're getting two and a third times the value on a book, you're going to blindly take it no matter what. Yep. All right, Scott, that is pretty much it for the upcoming season's Coach of the Year award betting market. Um, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, should be fun. Once again, this is the most improved team award. So if you want to go for a team that did not make the playoffs last year that you think can make a leap, they're going to get rewarded in the award show. So we'll usually look for the coach. I think we made a lot of cases for a decent amount of coaches. We thought the odds were extremely off on a lot of high-seeded teams, rightfully so. So my advice for this award, once again, don't mm-hmm. bet on teams that were a top three seed last year. It's a waste of money. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you got to look for that team that's probably going to have the most upside. And like like Scott mentioned, the team that you think is going to improve the most, taking into consideration injuries and things like that that transpired last season for those teams. Um, all right, that's going to wrap it up for this show, the NBA Coach of the Year. Scott, uh, sorry, um, Terrell and Lante will be back later this week. They are doing defensive player of the year and all all a uh, defensive team for the upcoming season. So look at that as well, getting ever so closer to the NBA season. So we still have a couple more awards markets to go through, and then we'll come back uh, the week before the NBA season and, and kind of uh, quickly go through our favorite bets, uh, win totals, divisions, uh, conference odds and, and championship odds and all that good stuff. So, uh, tap us within if you tap in with us if you haven't already. And again, if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, go ahead and do so. This is the time to do it before the season starts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, SGPN NBA. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Rishel Radio and follow me on Twitter at Sports Nerd Eight Two Four. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-ba.